Good morning, everyone. What a, what a time. I mean, if you, if you, I'll just, I'm just going to connect now that, that, that fireworks pitch. If you like fireworks, we're gonna, <laughs> not going to set any off, but <clears throat> I think you'll like the ending that we, came, that we come to, uh, hopefully, on the back of this word. So it's good to be with you all. If you don't know me, my name is Paul, and I have the great privilege of leading the team that oversees New Life Community Church. It feels very timely to continue our Hebrews preaching series by looking at chapter 11, which is, uh, in my ESV Bible, simply titled, By Faith. By Faith. On Thursday evening, uh, we shared with the whole church family across Wimborne and Fornibridge that we are exploring adopting Verwood Family Church into New Life Community Church, that Verwood would... Uh, be uh, another extension or become another extension of what God is doing with us together as a church family in order to reach the lost, grow together as followers of Jesus, and serve our communities. It feels certain to me that we are living in days of faith, especially, you know, you know Lizzie comes and unpacks the reality of what's happening across in other nations. It feels like to me that we are living in days of faith. And so it's good for us to spend this morning looking at a whole chapter that is completely devoted to this subject. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to read through the whole chapter of 11. I'm conscious of time. I will do my best to not speed too much, but to get the whole package in. So uh, Hebrews 11... I'm going to read through the whole chapter. Hebrews is near the end of the Bible. Um, if you don't have one, I recommend just peering over the person's next to you. I'm sure they won't mind. Or equally, if you have a phone, but you probably don't have a signal because you're here, Version Bible app. I highly recommend it. It's an excellent Bible resource. Okay, Hebrews 1. Hebrews 11, first one. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand the universe, that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, Though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. 
By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, then they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and, were, and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in, cave, in dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this marvelous chapter of faith. And I pray now, Lord God, that it would do us good and deposit in us 
a significant measure of faith. Father, for the days ahead, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if you have missed any of the series, it's certainly worthwhile catching up on, and you can do so by searching for New Life Community Church on Spotify. And the reason I say this is because of the roast dinner effect. Okay, I'm going to explain what the roast dinner effect is. For those of you uh, who are married, you will discover different ways of being teamed together as husband and wife. That we settle into rhythms that you get into. Generally, they become rhythms as team because they, because they work. So, for example, I am an early morning person. I am the annoying one who will greet you with a smile and probably a bit of energy at 6 a.m. that will prove either acceptable or unacceptable, depending on how, how you feel about mornings. My wife, on the other hand, is not a morning person. And so the way we work is we effectively split the day in half. I cover the morning with the kids, breakfast, pack lunch stuff. By the afternoon, my batteries have actually run out. And so Joe picks up the afternoon evenings. Joe cooks a great roast dinner. And when we sit down to have this together as a family, my son and I, we share a similar approach to working our way through this wonderful meal. We save the best till last. <laughs> of course, we honor Joe by devouring everything that's on the plate, but clearly there is a right order to this process. Starting with the veggies. Important, rich in nutrients for you, but clearly need to be shifted first because they're vegetables. Next comes the chicken and the stuffing because despite how good it is, it still falls short of what comes next. And I'm hoping to state the obvious here, you don't by any means pick and mix your food. You don't put it together. This stuff comes one after the next. Finally, we are left with the Yorkshire Puds and Joe's homemade roast potatoes. Yes! Mm. Now, the roasties, standing on their own, they're still quality, but they taste even better after you've made your way through the other elements. Yeah? That's a really long... I just thought I need to share that story. But it's a really long-winded way of saying chapter 11 in Hebrews stands alone. It's great as a standalone chapter. It tastes great as a means of looking at the subject of faith and faith-filled people. And you will find that quite often this chapter is used in a standalone way. However, I believe this chapter to be even better when you've worked through the rest of the meal first. This chapter overflows from rich 10 chapters of theology and practice, which then attempts to show the glimpse of this stuff being worked out. Knowing, not just knowing the stuff, but doing the stuff. James 2, to 14, James 2, 14 to 23, doing the stuff, faith and deeds. And this chapter is full of faith-filled doers. Best of last. This chapter is here to inspire us to do the same, that we may too be faith-filled doers. So we're going to do that by looking at three things. Unpacking faith, faith-filled people, and a faith-filled church which is why I'm excited particularly about the fireworks analogy. Verse 6. 
in our scripture in the Bible helps us understand the impact of faith. Verse 13 helps us to understand the security of faith. Verse 1 helps us to understand how to define faith. So like a good present, we're going to unwrap and unpack three layers, helping us understand what faith is, starting with the first layer that we find in verse 1. So this is us unpacking faith, and we're going to start by defining faith from verse 1. ESV says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, ironically, the ESV commentary says that this might not be the most helpful way of translating the original Greek, because it can give the impression that faith is more of a subjective experience, meaning that words like assurance and conviction are based on something more than what we can see or imagine which can change from person to person rather than the actual reality of what faith is pointing toward. Let me um, help eliminate any confusion on that one by giving you an example. In 2020, we went as a family to Disney World. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was a real treat for us, super treat for us. Now, before we got there, the kids, they did a bit of research, watched a few YouTube videos of the rides and the tours, and this allowed the kids to have some sort of understanding as to what they would experience when they were there. But of course, the rest is left to their imagination, to run wild until they actually arrive. Now, when they're packing their bags and saving their money in preparation for the trip, they're doing this with the picture that they have in mind of the experience that they might have. And that might differ from one child to the other. Now, eventually, we get on the plane, we make the trip, we get there, and of course, there is thankfully, much more than the children could have possibly prepared for through their research. And the reality of it may look different to their imagination of it. Hopefully, it was way beyond what they thought it was going to be like. If you really try hard enough, if you let your imaginations run wild, it is possible to be disappointed with the reality of Disney World. <laughs> this is a spoiler alert. But that will not be the case when it comes to what God has prepared in the new day for every believer that extends beyond this life. If I asked you the question, what does heaven look like? How many people here would deliver the same answer? The Bible gives some indicators, but the rest is left a little bit to our imagination, mainly because we can't fathom what it's gonna be like. The commentators are saying, that verse 1 is not really about faith being assurance and hope based on, based on what we imagine on what we see in Scripture. It is saying that the Greek is describing how faith reaches into the objective realities. It reaches to the full truth. It sees what we cannot see, and it produces a confidence in us that helps us to prepare now. Here is a biblical objective truth. For every follower of Jesus God has prepared a place for you. We may not fully know what that place is like, but faith does. And even in the unknown for us, it produces a confidence and assurance that helps us prepare in reality for that now, for the reality that is to come. Now, I think the NLT probably gives a, a more helpful translation of the original Greek in verse 1. It says, faith shows the reality of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith then is less about what we imagine and more about the reality that it reaches into. 
What we do today then is a product of that faith from our assurance and confidence in a God who is able, as the Apostle Paul says, to do far more abundantly than we may ask or think. Our second layer of wrapping is found in verse six where it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Okay, here's the tricky thing. For many of us here, we profess our faith in Christ. Faith reaches into the unseen objective realities, latches onto what is true, and produces an assurance and hope in us now as to what God has said he will accomplish. You know because you know. However, what are the indicators of that faith at work? Our faith is shown by what we do. James chapter 2 tells us that faith is not just about knowing the stuff, but doing the stuff. And faith without doing the stuff is no faith at all. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we need to be looking at about being faith-filled doers. Faith expressed now shows something of what you know today and of your confidence of the day to come. It's, it's, like, it's like love. I love my wife. But how would she know that I love her unless that love was expressed through some sort of action. I eat the roast potatoes, yeah? <clears throat> And the veggies, of course, yeah. The doing, the doing is the extension of your confidence. I might actually feel like I could win this running race, but I, unless I actually run it, I will never find out. As a people who have experienced the grace of God, it is much that we were alien to him, separated by our heart, our heart attitude toward him, a heart attitude that led to behaviors that were displeasing to him. God's love for us saw an action of sending his son to die in our place, a place we deserve because of our heart attitude toward God. Love in action saw God send his most precious thing. Our confidence in the hope that we have through him is equally displayed in the things that we do. They overflow from our love, our conviction, our confidence, our faith. And so therefore, the impact of faith is that we wish to be a people who are pleasing to God, and without being faithful doers, it is impossible to do so. Third layer, security of faith. Our third layer of wrapping is found in verse 13, where it uses the languages of strangers and exiles on the earth. The security of faith lies in knowing where you are going. Even if you don't have the full picture, you know and begin to understand that you belong to a body, a family, a house, a nation, one that is different from your existing earthly relationships. Your confidence in what you know now and what your faith reaches toward shows a future that spans beyond this life, one with God and his people for all time. The more you are drawn to that which is heavenly, the more you are separated from that which is earthly. The more those heavenly things become precious, the less the earthly things do the same. Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Being a Christian will move you to a place of feeling like a stranger or foreigner in this world, because in Christ there is a new home, a new land awaiting for you. I remember, showing my age a little bit now, so, uh, you know, the Kevin Costner movie, Robin Hood, okay, oh, there we go, which was not really a, a good... <laughs> I really liked it and then found out it wasn't really a, a good version of uh, the original story. 
But there is a scene in that where Robin of Loxley, he returns home, he gets off the ship, and he kisses the shore of England because he has been away from home for so long. In Christ, we have a home that we are longing for. When we gather together as a church family, we get a taste of that home. Some have already gone ahead of us to that home and are now enjoying that home. And it's not saying that we can't enjoy those things here and now, but like the tabernacle, in one sense, it is a shadow of the things to come. What that should do is pave a way for us to be incredibly courageous with our faith here and now. To be more intentional about being precious with the things that God values over the things that the world values should give us a greater freedom to be faith-filled doers now. Because we understand and are confident of the greater things that we have in Christ to come. And in him, and what he brings is treasure of the highest worth. Therefore, we can, to a degree, be less precious with the things that he is less concerned about. So three layers of unpacking what faith is. Faith reaches out to the unseen, inspires our confidence for us today. Faith moves us to be doers, expressing our confidence through action. And faith secures us to have a greater freedom and being courageous because we know where we are heading which then leads us to really beautifully enter into this richly packed chapter 11 of faith-filled people there for us to show this faith at work and inspire our hearts, our hands, and our feet today for this season, especially for us in this season, but for the next, and the next, and the next. Each season is going to require are people who are full of faith, courageous doers. So to help us to be just that, we're going to look at some faithful people. Okay, so in chapter 11, the writer works chronologically through faithful characters, starting with the son of Adam and Eve, takes us on a journey of viewing how faith and action can be expressed in different ways. It's really helpful for us, okay? Because it shows you that you and I as a faithful doer, it doesn't just look like stepping out of your current employment situation or going to another nation you believe God is calling you to go to. Of course, it might look like that, but that's not the only way that you can express your faith. Chapter 11 is rich with application for us, of full of multifaceted ways that we can be faithful doers, starting with the faith of Abel in verse 4. Abel shows us faith through offering. Faithful doing includes things that we present to God. There's a whole host of application coming, guys. Here we go. So Cain, who is Abel's brother, brings an offering to God of the fruits of his labor from the land. Abel brings an offering of the firstborn of his flock. The difference between them is heart. Abel brings an offering of the first, I'm sorry, brings the best of what he has to offer. Abel brings the best, whereas Cain brings only a portion of what he had. One is more acceptable than the other because of the heart behind it. Expressing your faith through offering is bringing the best of what you have to God, whether that's yourself, whether that's your finance, it's the fruit of your labors. Bringing your best says something of your heart. Verse 7, faith through building. Noah constructs an ark, a saving vessel for anyone who responds to God, God's warning of the coming flood. Noah responds to God's voice by getting on the 
on with the task of construction. God is building something. He's building something here with his church across rural communities. He requires obedient builders. Once we heard, once as we heard on Thursday, that we would be careful to hear his voice. A wise man builds his house upon a rock. And we have a significant rock base in Christ Jesus. Individually and as families together, we can express our faith by the way we build upon that rock. Verse 8, faith through going. Abraham obeyed God and went out from his home to a new land, not knowing where he was going. Imagine that, just opening the door and thinking, I'm off. The mission statement, Starship Enterprise, to boldly go where no one has gone before. What an expression of faith. It reminds me when Jesus calls out to the tax collectors and fishermen to come follow him. And they left behind what they were doing. They left their careers, left family, being obedient to the voice of God, but not really knowing where they were going. Faith can be expressed in going, even if you don't know the destination. It clearly can be costly. These guys left a lot of things behind. But the significant trigger is then responding to the voice of God to go. Obedience at times will see us express our faith by going. Verse 11, faith in receiving. Sometimes faith expressed can be simply about waiting. Sarah was waiting for God to fulfill his promise. In waiting, Sarah received power to conceive. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus instructs his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until the power of God was given them through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, it's amazing anyway to think that through following Christ, you have been given a gift of power through the Holy Spirit. But the principle here is that sometimes faith expressed can mean patience. It can mean waiting for the promises of God to be fulfilled. Verse 17, faith in testing. Faith in testing. Sometimes God will call us to express our faith through the means of testing. Here God asks Abraham to offer up his one and only son. It's a test of heart. Are you willing to give up that which is most precious to you for the sake of him who has called you to be obedient? Are there things that you are hanging on to that God is calling you to let go of? Will you put it on the table? Will you offer it to God? The reality is that God doesn't take Abraham's son away. That was his promise to him. But he knows that he has Abraham's whole heart. Does he have your whole heart? Faith expressed through testing. Verse 23, faith through protecting. In extreme circumstances, the faith-filled parents of Moses shielded him and kept him safe at a potential cost of our own lives. Faith expressed through protection may see us at times wrapping our arms and our defenses around others, even at potential cost to ourselves. God himself, throws his, through his son, throws a robe of righteousness around every believer for their protection against the claims of the devil. This was a great personal cost to God, but was a sign of his love in action for you. I just want to chuck a cheeky one in. It's not in Hebrews 11, <laughs> but follows this moment of protection, okay? So Moses' mum 
when she could hide him no longer, built him a basket that would withstand water and sent him down the bank. Faith can be expressed in releasing, in sending away. Jesus sent out his disciples. The apostles sent Barnabas and Paul. Sometimes sending can be painful, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't, in right times and seasons, see our faith expressed through releasing and through sending. Verse 24, faith through standing. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter because he knew he belonged to a different family setting. Sometimes faith will be expressed by the way you stand, stand firm and set apart. There may be times when you need to stand your ground in what you believe, stand your ground in what the Bible says, stand your ground when asked to be something, to be a part of something that you know you can't be a part of because you belong to Jesus. Faith expressed through standing. Ephesians 6.13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. Verse 28, faith through keeping. Moses kept the Passover. The word of God came to Moses for the saving of his people. God saved the people of Israel through the willingness of Moses to faithfully keep God's word. Let's be a people who keep God's word for we do not know how many people God will save through us for being faithful in such a way. Verse 29, faith through crossing. The people of Israel expressed their faith through crossing the Red Sea despite fear of being pursued, of going into the unknown. And let's not forget, walking through the middle of banks of water being held up by God. Sometimes we're going to need to cross over, whether it's like the Samaritan attending the aid of someone who no one else would dare touch, or to cross over and claim land that God has given. Sometimes our faith may need to be expressed through crossing. Faith in marching. Verse 30. It's, it's the oddest way to tear down a wall that surrounds a city, isn't it? The guys had to march around the walls seven, seven days. Every day for seven days. At times, faith can be expressed through what seems to be completely counterintuitive ways of accomplishing something. Sometimes it's just about obedience. God may require us at times to be obedient in unusual ways in order to see massive victories. Faith through marching. And finally, verse 31, faith through welcoming. Rahab is recorded because of her willingness to be hospitable despite the risk. Here is another example of faith expressed. It's hospitality that is costly. And we all know what that can feel like to a degree. Yeah? You know, on a, in a very simplified way, because we love home. Home, personally, is a place where I can hide. And yet there are times when God calls us to a radical welcome, a hospitality that might be a risk for you because it draws you out of your comfort zone, or it literally is a risk. In India, the persecution of Christians is huge. I assume for, for guys who are hosting Christians, there is great risk of welcoming followers of Jesus into your home. Let's be a people who express our faith in how we welcome. So chapter 11 throws in a load more faith-filled people. It doesn't go into Jesus, so we won't either. But be encouraged to read about them because there's some faith-filled crackers in there. Let these faith-filled people 
who express their confidence and hope in many ways inspire us to be a faith-filled people today. Okay, church. Let's stand together. Worship team, would you come join us? I know we're running a bit of time. I would like to respond in one worship song together. And I want to lead us through just my final section, which is faith-filled church. Faith-filled church. We are most certainly living in days where there is need for great faith-filled doers. Let's stand together, shall we? Let's stand together. My hope is that these great examples given to us in chapter 11 will be like rocket fuel for us as a church family. When I think about the picture that the Hebrew writer has given us, I see a horizontal timeline to give a very seasonal picture, as, as was shared earlier. I, say the, I see these faith-filled rockets shooting up one at a time. Abel, Noah, Abraham, Moses' mum, Moses, Israel, Rahab, and the others from the beginning of time through to the writer of the Hebrew, one firework of a faith-filled doer at a time. When I was preparing, I saw something different for us. I'm seeing one firework at one place in time being launched into the sky, which at the height of its flight explodes and pushes out into many different directions. One firework, one launch, one church with explosive impact, with faith-filled doers pushing out into many different directions, different colors representing different examples of faith-filled deeds, faith in offering, faith in building, faith in going, faith in receiving, faith in protecting, faith in testing, faith in releasing, faith in standing, in keeping, in crossing, in marching and in welcoming, all this stemming from one firework. And I don't believe this to be a once a year thing. I believe there is a beautiful, faith-filled thing that is happening from this one church family that will push out into many directions. It's be quite a spectacle, but one that results in great praise for the director <laughs> and one that brings great delight to those who see it. So let's respond in worship. Let's raise our hands. I would like to pray that God would impart faith for us today to be a to be great faithful doers of his family. And if you're here today, you're trying to figure out where to place your faith, imagine it like an anchor. You chuck that thing out of your boat. There are many things in life you could throw that anchor towards, but you'll discover ultimately all of those things are like sand and the anchor will drag and the boat will move and what felt safe and secure for a little while will then disappear. Choosing to follow Christ is to throw your anchor onto the only rock-like substance that will keep, forever keep the boat, which is keep you secure and steadfast. The Bible describes Jesus as a rock-like foundation for your life. Throw your anchor out today toward him. See how it grips. See how he holds you secure. Father, I pray, Lord God, for your church family, this firework 
for this season and for the seasons ahead, God, you would cause us to be explosive. Father, that there was this beautiful array of faith-filled expressions, Lord God, would light up the sky and pour out into every stream and avenue of our lives and communities. And Father, I pray, may this be quite a spectacle, a beautiful thing for our communities to see. Your church, a light for you in such a wonderful way. Help us to be inspired by these guys who have gone before us that we too may take heart and confidence into the future and be faithful doers like them. In Jesus' name, amen.